he only murders women and men after he sees their nipples. He has nipple triggers. I don't know if that's the reason, you but know it is the thing I episode. noticed. Nipple triggers. Oh. nipple triggers will be the title of this episode. Thank you very much, Kellen. All right, guys, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Kellen Conley has left the chat. bad news for you folks the good news is i have a great opportunity to talk about kurt russell this week the yes, bad news is i have a great opportunity to talk about kurt russell this week oh no <laughs> wow you didn't like i was actually afraid the movie was going to be way more problematic than what it actually was but oh, you had I'll... a lot of problems with kurt no i probably have too many not problems with kurt russell Oh, I think so, I have the opposite problem of the problem you think I'm going to have with him. So what's the problem? I mean, the doability factors off the scales, off the charts, like the tank, <laughs> the dirty tank top slash dirty denim, and the it's not a hundred percent a mullet. No, man, we we got to talk about that thing beard, yo. That that oh thing God. beard. We have it to was... talk about that thing hat too, because like uh, yes. I have some feelings. Yeah. yeah, I mean, mostly it's just going to, like, I feel sorry for you because you're going to have to add in so many boings. <laughs> well, no, we're already here. Let's this episode's go, so... coming out next Thursday. <laughs> yeah, it, it's delayed a full week because of all the boing noises. It's four hours long. So what's going on with the guy, Kurt Russell, in your mind? He could murder me and I would thank him and ask him to do it again. <laughs> Repeatedly. Same <laughs> And, and, like, probably, like, call him senpai or whatever. Like, it's fine. <laughs> I, God. Oh, my God. Ha! Have you not had any, like, dealings with young Kurt before this weekend? Not really. I remember I watched Sky High where he's, like, the dad. And oh, I was yeah. definitely, like, he could murder me. And I would thank him as, like, a seven-year-old. I don't know that I exactly contextualized what I meant by that until I went back and rewatched it as an adult person. And then I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. Henlo. Hi. <laughs> then I read up about Goldie Hawn and was like, oh, never mind. Yeah. Shit. They're happy. Ugh. <laughs> How dare they? Who am I to take that from them? Their wine is real bad. Like, whatever. <laughs> And then he was real charming in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And I know we have some barfalicious Chris Pratt feelings. But, like, I am a Marvel movie stan. I did what I had to do. He's, like, the best thing about Volume 2. I think that Volume 2 is actually really underrated. But 90% of the reason I think it's underrated is Kurt Russell. I think him as, and unfortunately, the opposite of our boy, Chris Pratt, have a really good emotional centerpiece in that movie. And I hate that it is between... Kurt Russell and Chris Pratt. <laughs> I thought you gonna I thought you were gonna say, unlike Chris Pratt, Kurt Russell's actually talented and attractive. <laughs> I mean Hey, Guardians won Chris Pratt before we knew anything. I was yeah. very shocked to see Andy Dwyer look like that. In in the before times, before he came out as a human shit stain, 
it looked like things might be okay. But this is what happens when you polish a turd, folks. A turd is a turd. Turd's Birds a turd. Is a word. But yeah, <laughs> turd, turd, turd. I think that Kurt Russell is great. And then at one point I found out my mom also had a crush on Kurt Russell for a while. And they're like the same age. And uh, apparently this is the only like celebrity crush my mom and I have ever had in common. Oh, shit. The floodgates have opened, literally and figuratively. And I was like, oh, cool. This is normal. This is what having a regular one is like. And then I saw the thing last year, last October. I saw it in at the Museum of the Moving Image on film uh, with my friend Anders. And he was like, I don't know if you're cognizant of some of the faces and noises you made during that. And I was like, hey. <laughs> Uh, we hey we we never are unless somebody tells us well my favorite thing was that i did this as a screener in my backyard theater and oh wow any, anytime kurt russell did something remotely like hunky someone would just go what a man <laughs> <laughs> what a man he is so oh, like man yeah watching watching big trouble in little china today I was just like, god what a man like what a, what a man like it, it's bad it's real bad i'm probably gonna say like a lot of other probably horribly inappropriate things if it gets too bad bleep me delete make, no, it, sound, make it sound way worse no we're already here was it the the john wayne voice that got you going no that was actually the one thing that made me kind of like <laughs> no I'm, i just I'm, want my truck this is gonna take cracker jack timing wang total concentration you ready, Jack? I was like, listen, there's him in the robe, actually. It's the same robe that they use in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I was like, did this prop department, did 20th Century Fox only have one robe that fit men in their in their whole <laughs> costume department? There and was a robe shortage in 1986. You didn't hear about it? Oh, okay. Is that what happened? That's exactly uh, what happened. Got it. All right. But I was like, it was the robe, is the hair, is the, like, he... He was a charisma machine, and I I kind of hate it. Why do you hate it? Because like, I, mm, she doesn't like to fall that hard for men like that. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a pandemic on, which means that my oh, dating yeah. life is like non-existent. So I, I have no have outlet for problem. this. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, sorry guys. There's there's no men that I can like suitably destroy because they're not up to my Kurt Russell standards. Like <laughs> It sounds like a they problem, not a your problem. Hey. Yeah, but like at least it'll keep me it'll keep me busy. <laughs> Speaking Kurt, of getting busy. <laughs> the Kurt Russell standard. Of all the men that we've talked about, it sounds like Kurt in these two movies, he's he's at least like top three, maybe even top two. I'm pretty sure Kurt Russell, period, is is just top three, maybe top two for me. Like, I'm trying to think who else we talked of, about that, like, was a lot of boing noises for me. Your boy from Blacklist and Ultron. Oh, James Spader. James Spader. Oh, I, I, I'm I am a connoisseur. I have not missed an episode, so I I've heard everything. Vader's like up there, but also like I'm I'm not that into blondes. Captain kinda, America. Oh God, yeah, no, Chris Evans. Shout out to Big Chris. Oh, uh, uh, I love me a, politi- what a, man. a politically active man 
We like the same baseball team. Like, God. God, run me over with your car, Chris Evans. It's fine. Oh, Uh, man. I mean, hell, run me over with a subway train. I don't care. How about a a (laughs) 16-wheeler? That's fine. Listen, steal steal Kurt Russell's truck (laughs) from (laughs) Big Trouble in Little China and just run me over with it. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. I won't even sue you, I promise. Just let me pet your dog. Oh. Yeah, right. This episode is four hours long because we have to constantly pause for boinging. We all have our needs, man. So anyway, yeah, Kurt Russell could drown me in that salt water tank and I'd thank him. I'm leaving this pause in. I'm not editing that pause out. I'm leaving it in. I think that there it'll be really interesting to listen back to these, uh, assuming the world doesn't end, like when there's normal outside time again, and just be like, do I still feel this way about Kurt Russell, or is this like some weird, some weird psychosis set on by like being very affection starved? No, no, I mean, man, Kurt Russell. It's the, have you have you watched beard. Have you watched it's, Overboard? Uh, it's no. not your jam, but it's over. It's Goldie and, and Kurt. It's a romantic comedy. It's dumb as hell. But uh, if you want to see Kurt Russell comedy. be problematic while also uh, becoming less toxic over the course of the film and becoming a, a good person and look at Kurt Russell the whole time, I'm telling you, watch Overboard. He is super toxic and used cars, uh, the Robert Zemeckis film, but like, it's so good. I don't care. Murder me, Kurt Russell. <laughs> this is like, oh, speaking okay. of murder, have you seen Death Proof? <laughs> Quentin Tarantino? There you go. Oh, I'm not Stunt a Tarantino. I know, I know, but still, Stuntman Mike, he he, he literally kills girls um, in that movie. So if you're asking, think this, she, that's the movie for you. Nah, I don't think she'd be into Stuntman Mike. That's a different class of weird. Like, there's good weird and there's bad weird, and it's he's really definitely weird. in that bad weird category. So she wouldn't be into Stuntman Mike. I'm, I'm, she I'm she may be into him aesthetically. Yeah, aesthetically, I, I'm not. I, Stuntman Mike is definitely horrible. Don't get me wrong. I'm not pro Stuntman Mike. I'm just I saying. just remember thinking like, oh, I kind of hate that I find Cliff Booth. Or is that his name? Cliff Booth? Whatever. That guy in uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm, I yeah. hated that I found him attractive in that. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I didn't. He's a bad man. He murdered man. his wife. No, he is. It's allegedly. allegedly. That was never confirmed. And. And he beat the shit out of women, which was confirmed. Yes, that was confirmed. In, in self-defense, nonetheless. But, but he's got a good dog. And he's got good abs. We're on to something with this Kirk Russell. I think we should talk about those two movies, then cap it with Halloween. I mean, it's so funny. Like All three of those movies have pretty different energies, but Kurt Russell is just bursting in more ways than one off the screen. Oh my god, at one point there's a vein in his neck and I'm just like... Like... (laughs) (laughs) I've never had a vein do anything for me, but hey. I don't... Yeah, girls with veins, that doesn't really do much to dudes. Never been into bodybuilders. I just need, like, a hug and to be thrown through a plate glass window. That's all I need. Marty Janetti. That was a good reference, Kevin. Thanks, man. I'm, putting that, I'm, I'm gonna put that in the episode. Oh man, but, I've arrived. 
So we have Kurt Russell in these two crazy ass movies that are both. Do we all agree they're both really good movies, right? I mean, the thing is, the reason I wanted to do a John Carpenter episode in the first place because more people need to fucking watch it. The thing's one of the best horror movies I've ever seen because I'd never seen it before Saturday night. Oh, oh! I boy. was clutching my pillow during the dog scene, fam. I oh was, my god! I was shook. And the rest of the movie, I was okay. There's only a couple jump scares that got me, and I like. The suspense gra- is so good. Oh, it it the suspense and the story and the paranoia and trying to figure out who is who and listening to Keith David's booming voice coming out of that still old man looking body. <laughs> Yo, Keith David just was born old, man. He was, man. Well, like, I that voice it- did not match. I watched it as John Carpenter intended, uh, wearing shorts on the lawn with my friends. Oh. <laughs> First of all, the effects in it are just great. It's so good. And I think it does just enough explanation that it's realistic that you don't really know what's going on. But, like, what you figured out feels earned. Because, like, if you break it down, right, the explanation is aliens. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. But, like, you learn things as they learn things. But we know from the jump, it's aliens. Yeah, I feel bad for anybody who can speak Norwegian at the beginning of the movie because <laughs> they give away the whole movie. I uh, went on a deep dive. I've watched every YouTube video I can find. I've read Wikipedia over and over, all these things. Cause I literally had no experience with this movie. And then after I watched it, I just I spent time watching watching who was who and who got assimilated when and blah 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 and it, like I found that out I was like dang glad I don't speak Norwegian it's a thing it's not a dog yeah and the 2011 movie which is not very good is about the Norwegians mm. so yeah, it's a, pre- it's a prequel right. yeah. it's not a uh, a reboot mm. uh, and think. the CGI in that movie is bad. But it's, you know, on HBO Max, so if you're not busy and you want to continue deep diving thing stuff, uh, you can do that. Also, Speaking I feel- of bad, the, hmm? the redhead that's in Billions, that's in that prequel, he's not a good actor, is he? You can also get the original thing, like the, the very, very first one that's from like the 30s, I think, or 40s. The one they're watching in Halloween? Yeah, that's really easy to find on the internet. Damien Lewis? Is that who we're talking about yeah. here? He's, oh, he well, was he Steve was, McQueen in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I yeah, was, I was not say, impressed he wasn't really him. good in that. No. In Billions, he's just over the top. He's like almost a cartoon version of Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos, basically. Ugh. Yeah, sounds like he's bad. And that's fine. Not everybody needs to be good. That's okay. Shine on, you crazy diamond. Yeah, that's the only oh. thing I've seen him in. But now that we've got completely sidetracked, let's get back on track. So, Kellen, so yeah. this is your first experience with the thing. It is. So, so you're talking a little bit about kind of what you were feeling like watching a movie. But, I mean, you did obviously deep dive in it. So what about this movie kind of made you want to get into it afterwards? I obviously knew it was an alien. So that it wasn't about where did this thing come from? What was his birth story? Was it born on Apocalypse? No, I didn't care about any of that. I just really wanted to know more about the film itself because the film, while it's a horror movie, it's really a film about trust mm-hmm. and the fact that trust is so easily breakable. And, and just watching these men who are in like the most remote location in the, on the planet Earth and then to see them, a crew of people who have been together for a long time, we assume, and just to see them be picked apart by 
this this thing taking over and just leading them all astray and not knowing who to trust. And I mean, your, your man, uh, Nalls, I believe, just mm-hmm. cut, cut our boy Kurt out in the cold. He was like, oh, well, he did this thing. So here I am. He's out there. And then Kurt comes back in pissed. And then they let Kurt get the upper hand. And it's just a, a wild ride. And shout out to um, Wilford Brimley, man. He smashed up some of the chopper pretty good. Child, go see if he got to the tractor. Nobody gets in and out of here. Nobody! You guys think I'm crazy? Well, that's fine. Most of you don't know what's going on around here. Hold on, damn well. Sure, some of you do. Christ. Oh, he's um, bringing it in this movie. He really is. He's he's great. There, honestly, there's no bad performances in this movie. I didn't think no. so. I felt like the the cast is casting them done very well. This is the way they play with the lighting and and trying to make you think something's going to happen and then being surprised when something does happen. Like when my man had the heart attack and his yeah when this chest cavity opened up. Clear. Clear. I could have screamed, yo. Cause it was not a fear. It was more like laughing, watching that, watching those jaws just take his arms off. And I was just surprised at the same time, but it hit all the right notes. And, yeah. and it just I, like, it was a crisp 90 minutes. Like all these movies are only like a little bit over 90 minutes. It's something you can just sit down and watch and you take it in and it's, it leaves you thinking. And it's one of those movies that actually do that and leave you with a universe. Cause there's no answer at the end about, who is still the thing, whether it's um, McCready or uh, Childs. And so you don't know the outcome, it, like I just said. It might be either. It might be neither. It might be both. Right. Right. Like, it might be over. But yeah, they might still, just freeze to death. Or one of them still is it. And it's so... Ugh. Mm-hmm. And I've read so many theories about how to decide who. And then there's reflections in people's eyes. The ones that are human have reflections. And the ones that don't, don't have reflections. And there's so much world building done in such a small amount of time that I just wanted to be in that world for as much as as much more as possible without repeat viewing the movie. Because I had two other movies to get to. So that that's why I did such a deep dive. I was just impressed, man. It's really interesting watching the thing in a COVID society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Eat like, out of cans. I mean, yeah. if you want to watch something that's wild to watch in the time of COVID, It Follows is oh, it is too real. So just to break down some of the like cool technical stuff, I think the effects look amazing. I really like the effects. This is one of the few movies that John Carpenter didn't score himself. The studio actually said, mm, I don't I don't think so. And I think that it, it is actually stronger for it. I listened to a couple of the scores from other films. And I think John Carpenter does really good music. Oh, but absolutely. The the music that he makes, I don't think, suited this film quite as well. The central kind of theme that is that very heavy bass, you know, the dun-dun, is designed to emulate, like, sonar, but also a human heartbeat. Mm, I feel that. And, like, it becomes less and less frequent in the movie as people die. Oh, wow. Which See, I that's didn't... the kind of stuff that makes you want to watch it again and notice that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
it's the same with like I think there's a little bit more camera movement as people are dying. I really loved that. I thought that was a really cool aspect of it. I also just love like it's not quite like a room horror movie where like they can't leave the space. Yeah. But the environment in a way feels like a character. I feel like I have a pretty good map of where they're running and what's going on and where things are. I think that's really helpful. Yeah, because there's definitely times when you you realize, oh, yeah, that's the door where they're supposed to come in and out. Why is the door wide open? Where's Child's at? So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. I also just think that that moment of like, well, what if they ripped it up and put it in there? How, but but how would you know? But why would someone do that? It's because it doesn't want to get found out. It'll fight if it had. Like all of the conversations and the fights, even if you can't hear everything everyone is saying, like it is all valuable and real, and it yeah. feels very organic, even though presumably it was all scripted. Right. It it really <laughs> does feel like you're you're plopped in the middle of this movie and you're literally the fly on the wall, watching mm-hmm. these these men go crazy at each other's throats, trying to figure out. Uh, who's still human and who's not and that's one of the wonderful things about the movie is that most films you're i mean we're following mccready but as much as it's his movie it's not his movie it's the thing's movie honestly yeah and it's about its journey from the um husky at the beginning to either child's or mccready at the end or both like we said yeah and its journey because even those the numbers when um brimley was running them it was saying that it would take over Earth like within hours if yeah. it got got to a populated area. So it, it really was three a things moving. Yeah. Three years. Three years. Good job, For me, buddy. like in the first, I'd say third of the movie, honestly, it kind of feels like Clark, the guy who's taking care of the dogs. Mm. He's like kind of set up to be a much bigger role. And then he's like pretty much immediately axed. Right. I was thinking that he was definitely the thing. Like I was like he was with the dogs and he's acting funny a little bit. And, and then... there's like definitely part of me that's like, did the thing just not take him because he was nice to it? <laughs> like, Ooh, dang, I didn't even consider that. I like, mean, may- maybe. I mean, does the thing understand clearly, kindness? Well, he clearly only loved those dogs so much, even he if did he didn't them. understand it, you know, or it. Even if it didn't understand it, is it trying to figure it out? Because mm-hmm. when they do the blood test, which, by the way, I almost made jello shots of my friend's blood samples, blood samples, with their little name tags on it for the thing screening. <laughs> but yeah. I didn't have a head count until too soon before, so I wasn't able to pull it off. <laughs> that poster behind McCready when they're doing the blood test kills me. Because I didn't mm-hmm. notice it when I watched it, but then, of course, I noticed it after. One, it's a poster for VD. And then two, it's saying that the the samples are labeled wrong, so it's just hilarious with exactly what's going on. Like, and and that's another wonderful thing. Like, there's so much you miss that's going on because you're so focused on trying to figure out who's who. So when Blair wowed out and destroyed the communications room, <laughs> did he? Was he already the thing, or was he actually doing the right thing and saying no one can leave here? I think that he was already the thing, but because the thing is able to, like, figure out everything about you, I would not be surprised if it was kind of both. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. fairly certain he was already the thing. I think it was a conscious, one of his last conscious decisions to 
destroy everything because he had, like I said, he ran the numbers. He knew what was going to happen um, if this thing got out. So he was literally trying to lock down the situation before mm-hmm. he's completely taken over. Because by the time we see him again in that shed or whatever, he ain't there no more. He's like, I'm fine. Let also, me in. Poor fucking windows. Window. What all, a name. All, all Windows does in this movie is get traumatized and then die. Yeah. Oh, win- I know the other ones do too, but like not everyone else is stuck in the room while that guy is swinging the axe around and like whatever. Man, Windows is the one that dropped the keys though. Did you? You, you knew that, right? Yeah. Like he that to the blood samples. Mm-hmm. Didn't even notice that when I watched it because it's an audio clue. It's not like they showed the keys in the floor. If you're not listening, yeah. you don't hear them damn keys at the floor. Well, that's a thing that I, I noticed a lot. This is actually my first time watching Halloween all the way through as well. But, like, there are so many things that John Carpenter does in, like, layers on layers on layers on layers. And watching watching those layers on layers on layers on layers, I really, I appreciated it. Also, some of the, the subtitles that Amazon uses to describe the music and some of the sound effects are very funny. So at one point it just said dramatic synth plume. <laughs> and I was like <sighs> I did have subtitles for this and I and I noticed a couple weird ones myself, yeah. Cause I I, I got the seven day free trial showtime so I could watch this. Yep. Hilarious. The last question I have about the thing. It's a it's a little bit up in the air of maybe if Blair actually was a thing before he destroyed the communication center or not? Mm-hmm. For me personally, I'm someone that's I'm I'm a realist. Like I I don't like running from the truth, but I don't know if I would really have the balls to do that. Like if I was still human and I knew for certain that this thing was probably going to outlive us, and I wanted to trap it here, even if it meant that I died. I mean. I, these humans are kind of iffy, man. If you weren't turned, do you guys think you could do the same thing that Blair did? I, I think I, I could if it comes down to the to the numbers game, man. I mean, because there was, what, like 10 of them tops yeah. on the base. And, I mean, you think about the entire world population. And, I mean, yeah, you don't make it or whatever. But, I mean, mankind kind of has to come first at that point. I mean, I, I think I could do it. It would take me a minute. I, it'd probably be something I'd put off to the very last minute. Yeah. But uh, I, I totally could do it, I think. I think that in a certain instance for me, I I just started thinking about the people at home that would get assimilated or just die really painfully. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so if, if I get sent home from the mission and I'm not fully me because it does say it takes over a cell at a time yeah so you know if the end of my pinky nail isn't me then i've just killed everybody i love (laughs) which is nuts to think about you guys are better humans than me man oh my god thank you marcus i'm I'm just (laughs) saying you gotta think about the you gotta think about the world man like i think by then he knew there was just nothing else that could be done you gotta think about your comrades bro yeah you gotta think about the swedes (laughs) well the sweet norwegians oh my bad (laughs) that was a good one kellen i got that one thanks man i I wrote these down i I had to come on here and impress man i've been i've been worried about this it's like i'm worried about what the best shows on hyphen podcast group and i don't want my be on your ass out so you've literally been podcasting 
triple the amount of time that it doesn't matter man you've heard my show haven't you i'm rarely prepared i'm I'm, like i I talked about robin williams for like 40 minutes last week before i got to my damn point so i'm rarely prepared i was prepared for this i was like yo they're gonna kick my ass i get on here for like yeah that was cool oh man (laughs) that was nice i love and this is like such a dumb thing to love but the poster and like the DVD cover, the album art is when the guy falls down in the snow. It's the guy on his knees with his arms out, and instead of seeing his face, it's just like a vortex of light. It isn't Benning. I did not know what that was. I had I was like, why did they use that cover? So that makes way more sense. I'm just scrolling through the IMDB real quick, and the makeup department and special effects like makeup department on this is crazy. Uh, like, I believe it. The 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 head spider alone was was yeah. crazy enough, man. When that that's that just gave me the the creeps, man. It creeped me I know, out for sure. I know it's all stop motion, but it looks really good. It looks really <laughs> seamless. It doesn't have a lot of that jitteriness that stop motion can have. Is yeah. that stop motion? Yeah. Are you sure? I don't think it is. It might be a puppet. Oh no! The only stop motion in this whole movie. Is at the end, like the octopus tentacles. Yeah. That was the only stop motion thing. Okay. See, I do remember this, fuckers. <laughs> do you, or so, did you just Google that? So, uh, real quick no about the title card, though, since you mentioned how cool the title card was. Uh, Carpenter said, when I did the effect for the title, I used the fish tank that was about four feet wide, two feet high, put smoke in a fish tank, and on the back of the tank, I put the title that was drawn on an animation cell. Behind that, I had a piece of plastic garbage bag, which I stretched over a frame. Behind that, I had a light pointing through the letters. When I photographed it, I put a flame from a match to the plastic. The plastic would open up and let the light through the letters. That's how the letters look like they form and burn on with the light rays. It was a simple process. We went through a lot of takes. One take only formed the letters NG instead of the thing. And then on the film set, the mark of NG or NFG is taped to any equipment that does not work. <laughs> no good. This, see, this is what's lost when the pivot to digital happened. Like, oh, like, yeah. this, like this is a, an achievement of just what people can build with their hands. And everybody hated it. That yeah, blew it was my mind. Bad. Yeah, yeah. They go, this is trash. Way to go, John Carpenter. God. Well, it started as a cult classic mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and then like now it is something that the Museum of the Moving Image shows. <laughs> way to go movie the mark of a good movie is how well it ages not necessarily how much money it makes on release and i think that's something that a lot of big budget filmmakers really lose track of oh i just i'm watching so i, I have the thing on now and this guy boofed the fucking grenade fucking butterfingers over here he blows. threw it out of the wrong side of the helicopter 
bro. No, he. I thought he just flew. Out. I thought he just. No, dropped. he he boofed it. Yeah, he fumbled. He's fucking Mark Sanchez over there. Oh, yeah. wait. Do you mean the at the beginning when the they're beginning. throwing it out of the helicopter, at or the at the end? Yeah, beginning. Yeah. Well, no, so the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. No. Literally, my friend just went. If he'd thrown it out of the other side of the helicopter, this would be a six-minute short film. <laughs> about how to kill i had to rewind it like seven times because i was like like i thought that because i was like there's two guys there's one over there trying to pick up the thing and my man's really digging in the snow for the bomb man like just just run like he would have still taken some of the blast but he's he literally is like oops like what is happening Yeah, uh, also, is is that a stormtrooper in there? Like, why is his shot so bad? It's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, also, like, I know that dog is an evil alien, but he's such a good boy. He is Look at him boy. run. He's Look such a good boy. Infecting like, the planet with this I couldn't tell, disease. I couldn't tell if they were firing at him because I was like, they're shooting at the dog? And I was like, no, wait. No, it looks like they're firing a hit at the dog. I was like, no, they're shooting. The I couldn't even tell until like the closer it got to the dog, obviously. Yeah. I was like, so is the dog leading the way? Shooting at the dog, but they're just real bad at it. Yeah. I just realized this, and all the times I've watched this movie, why do these scientists have weapons? They're fucking scientists. Well, right, but like bears. Chance favors a prepared mind. That's what my father a always. A Russian says. invasion? Like I don't know. Russian this, invasion sounds this is right. A real, this Aggressive is a real penguins? I don't a know. Real like, Second Amendment <laughs> ass movie over here. Watch man. out for the freaking penguins. Yeah, no, it's a, a penguin that has learned to build a bomb through his flippers, a la Happy Feet. Like it's fine. 1982 was mad real, man. My daddy's podcast is called Hyphenation. It's the world's greatest podcast. Barack Obama proved on hyphenation. My daddy talks about all kinds of cool things. And sometimes I'm on the podcast too. Sometimes he has his friend Marcus on. Sometimes he stays up really late and he's tired the next day. But it's worth it. But he loves his podcast and I love his podcast. So I really want you to listen to hyphenation so daddy doesn't get sad. He really doesn't get sad though because he has me. Oh, I listen to hyphenation thanks y'all i love the podcast so please 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 try to join but if you know perfect thank you can we hear it now speaking of mad room kim controlling big trouble with china she's been fine since fucking forever man bro bro (laughs) bro Yes. She's fine. That's okay. That's no. okay. Yeah, Kurt. We have Kim. So. You know. No, I got Kurt too, though. I infinitely preferred Miao Lin. Oh. Okay, I won't say infinitely. I preferred her. I thought she was gorgeous. I loved her dark hair. I loved her bright very eyes. Funny. I thought she was very pretty. And she looked nice tied to a bed. This is why we come to the podcast, right? I'm a film journalist. I, I saw this movie... As a young child, believe it or not, this movie came out in 1986. I remember my dad showing this to me. And other than uh, the scene at the end when Homeboy blows up and gets real grotesque, like <laughs> I um, my favorite part. <laughs> well, well, as a kid, it was a little off-putting, but I mean, I, I love this movie. I mean, what what's not to love? Martial arts, Kurt Russell as the action hero. I mean, it was it was everything I was looking for in a, in a movie at the time. And then it's definitely one of those movies that I feel like. 
when you when we were younger, at least me and Marcus, Kat, you probably pass it up, but like you pass that five dollar bid in Walmart and you're like, Oh, big trouble in little China. Let me get that. And I feel like it's a movie that's in everybody's DVD collections, whether they whether they still have the collection or not. Mine's sitting over there in that big old pile. It's just one of those movies that you feel like you have to own and you see that price point, you just can't pass it up because it's just a, a fun ride, I thought. And I, I still think that to this day, as a kid and as an adult. I hadn't seen Big Trouble since at least high school. So I I legit did not know if it was problematic or not. The title of it in itself, like, it's kind of, the title itself is a bit iffy, but I do remember, obviously, you know, the action, just kind of like the exaggeratedness of everything. I've always had fondness of this movie. Like, I, this is always a movie that was on cable rerunning fairly, like, regularly. All the time. So... Yeah, so I, I, this is my first time seeing it. There are many mysteries, many unanswerable questions, even in a life as short as yours. Yeah, well, the way I see it doesn't mean we shouldn't ask, like, where's my truck? And? Uh, that's all right. I'll, I'll be honest. I that's still have 10 minutes for. left. <laughs> Holy shit. What part did you end on? They're in the sewer. Sorry, I'm just thrilled to be alive. Yeah, sure. Let's go. Just shout out to to the line, please stop rubbing your body up against me. I can't concentrate when you do that. And she just goes, oh, you couldn't pay me. And I was like, I think you could. I'm pretty sure you could. <laughs> Quite possibly. Sounds like you're trying to convince yourself, Kim Cattrall. Mm-hmm. Mm. Samantha, you liar. <laughs> so, Kat, the most important question of the night you have you gotta do one. Yeah. Kurt and the thing or Kurt and Big Trouble. I think Kurt and the Thing. Yes. Really? Wow. Yes. I feel like I've okay, first of all, yes. hi. I feel like Kurt and the Thing is like slightly more open to the possibility of monogamy because he's gonna have trust issues now and like, honey, I can take care of him. Yes. But also, uh like Kurt and Big Trouble, like He's dumb. <laughs> uh, also, like, hi, I'm not a truck stop lady. I mean, you can be his truck stop lady. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and he also has how many failed marriages? Because one is my cap, and it's implied that he has at least two. I mean, life is hard, I mean. I mean, yeah, life is hard, and I'm harder. He's harder. Yo, that's a t-shirt and a half. <laughs> we should do this again sometime. Life's hard and cats harder. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's infinity boing sound just now. Yeah. Marcus, make a note. The <laughs> hills are alive with the sound of boing. <laughs> <laughs> so, cat, so why would you take, other than the divorcee thing, why would you take uh, the things Kurt Russell over Big China's? Russell? Oh, yeah. Big Trouble Little China is like, kind of he's kind of dopey yes very dopey but like not in an endearing i can tie you to the headboard kind of way (laughs) you hate to see it yeah but like you hate you hate to see it but you love to see it leave and like i just i don't know he's like he's kind of got more of a temper it seems like over like not stuff that matters like 
He seems a little mean spirited. Um, I'm not. I don't really get that. Did you get that, Kellen? When he's talking he's, on the he's phone, jaded. With the, when he's talking on the phone with the insurance person, and then is like trying to have two conversations at once, and is somehow being an asshole to both of them, like <laughs> I don't really like that. This I'm, is good acting. <laughs> that doesn't. Yeah, listen, I'm glad you can pretend to be an asshole to two people at once, but like that doesn't. Nah, he was giving the insurance guy the business, man. I, I see that your doesn't point. Do anything for me. I see. I see her point because he the whole movie, like even when the whole thing with Wang, he's like, Wang's like, let me get you your money. I'm gonna, I need to go. I'm gonna go get married. And he's like, oh, where are you going to airport? And he's like, airport. He's like, let me drive you. Like his whole driving force behind in this movie is he needs his money. He needs his truck. Yeah, he shows a little bit of heart as the movie goes on and caring about the situation but at the Only same time he Kim was, Cattrall shows back up yes he, he's very motivated by things he wants and so I can I kind of see it also his first question about the guy Wang is gonna marry is or the gal that Wang is gonna marry is like <laughs> is she hot like tell me about how hot she is guys talking about like their friends sexual or partners not just sexual but partners in general very different conversations not good but no it, not it, at all it makes sense most of my friends are dudes i hear a lot about how hot women are from a variety of different sources just don't be a dick about it like listen i too think women are extraordinarily attractive i'm not shy about that but like Use some other words. Grab a thesaurus. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, come on. Do better. Use words like bonerific. <laughs> Marcus, now, I don't think that using bonerific is the proper way you should say that. But you know what? That's okay. Well, you can do better next time. Thank you. Thank you, Colin, very much for that. I would feel remiss if I didn't share the best joke that I came up with. During this John Carpenter miniseries, while watching the thing in the backyard with my friends, I looked around at everybody and just went, because the thing is a person in your neighborhood. <laughs> in your neighborhood. Well, the thing is a person in your neighborhood. And everyone was so mad. And they were right to be mad. But, like, also, I thought that was funny. So, I hope you listeners at home think I'm witty and intelligent. And I give I, that a solid six. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I, I, I aspire in all manners of life for a gentleman's six. Decided lie. Decided lie. So, for Big Trouble in China, is it it's just a fun ride at this point. It's not yeah. it's not necessarily much to scientifically extrapolate other than it being mega awesome. We He's a great acting director. Yeah, like he, he has it out pretty much in spades. But we are not canceling Big Trouble Little China, or are we? No, please no. I was doing this research right down to the wire, and it seems like at least everyone who's Chinese and like cast in the film is at least Asian. Yeah. yeah. I think I so saw I, a white guy in the in the alley fight though. Yeah, was, there's one white looking guy getting beat up. But yeah, yeah. I, I thought so for sure. But I mean, he was just an extra at that point. So like maybe hide your one white guy a little better, but like <laughs> fine, A for effort, fine. 
you know the best part about this this movie the asian protagonists the two of them they actually use their regular accents like you mm-hmm. can tell they're either born in america or they live in america for super long they're not doing the the short round uh yeah, yeah. they're not doing that accent right so i would it was very refreshing to see they were not doing that but also at white people please be careful if you decide to cosplay Lopan, and if you do, don't wear your fucking winged eyeliner. Oh my god! Yeah, there's no, there's no white person. Wild Marcus, to really Marcus, cosplay Lopan. Marcus, no, Marcus, you Marcus. Know. White people are wild. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What makes me want to get close to someone and snuggle? Fear. Salutations. I'm Melisette, and on a frightful fret with Melisette, I read classic horror stories combining audiobooks and audio drama into a podcast. Come away with me into the darkness and let me make your ears tingle with a sensation of terror. A frightful fret with Melisette. Available everywhere podcasts are, and find us at ourfrightfulfret.net. Don't forget. All right, so we we didn't well we didn't really focus very much on Big Trouble in Little China because it's literally just a fun ride that you just need to kind of experience yourself if you have never watched that movie. So we can pivot and round it out to the awesomeness of the still, uh, still but deadly Halloween. Jamie Lee Curtis, what up, though? yeah she's great she's still great she's great in the 2018 halloween like ugh, she's so good is she doing it a little too much in the remake or not the remake but the sequel is this it's not it's a sequel it's it's a sequel it's a sequel to the original halloween it's a sequel assuming that like anything after i think two no i think i think it even cuts out two actually okay so it's a sequel directly from Halloween. Yes. Called Halloween. Yeah. Parentheses 2018. And now so, next one's going to be Halloween Kills and then Halloween Ends. Uh, that sounds barfalicious. But... Can anyway. we go out on the limb and say it's the greatest scary movie ever? Um, the thing might be have something to say about that after I've seen it, but I, it's... I think the thing is better. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I don't know, man. It's something about the st- like. It's so Halloween basically rocks you to sleep. It like you you have your heightened senses because you're waiting for this shit to pop off, but everything is so dark and everything is so quiet, and then. Carpenter like ratchets it up when he needs to. That I've always been kind of impressed, especially with this, you know, being you know his first film. Oh, his first think, film. I think it is a wonderful example of the slasher genre as like a legitimate piece of cinema. I think it is a really good scary movie. I think it does a lot of things really well. I think for my personal enjoyment, I kind of preferred the remake. I think for my own 
or like sequel, whatever we're calling it. And I also think for my like, if I were catching a flashback movie, I'd go see the thing before this. But I still think that this is a solid four star movie. I have a correction. It's not his first film. I thought it was his. I thought it was his first one that he did, but um, but no, he did um, Assault on Precinct Thirteen before this. Oh, okay. And a couple other stuff too. I mean, coming out the gate with Halloween, that'd be like, dang. Yeah. Yeah, that would be. Talk your shit, John Carpenter. I love this movie. I agree with Cat. The thing is just a better, is a tighter script and everything. And I'm probably desensitized to slasher movies just because there's so many slasher movies and I wasn't, this wasn't the first one I ever saw. But if you're going to pick out of the genre slasher movies, a movie to look at and be like, that's the best slasher movie, and then probably put it in top five horror movies, then I will go ahead and say that Halloween is definitely in conversation. I'll co-sign that. Because it's just so well done, man. And even from Loomis's chase to Lori being paranoid the whole movie to her dumbass friends and homegirl getting stuck in the wind, trying to go out the back door. And, yeah. And like, you, you locked yourself in. Yeah, I did. Don't tell anyone. And she walks in and tells her boyfriend. Hilarious. <laughs> Maybe this is just me, but I felt like the whole thing de-escalated in a big way when you saw most of his face. At the end? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's better if you don't know there's a person in there and certainly not what he looks like. Also, if we do the math of the movie, right? Mike Myers is 19 years old while doing this and he looks like a 38 year old. Yeah. Cat, so you like, think all white men look 38 years old? It threw me off so hard. We also now know that, like, he's just aged like shit. Like, what? Yeah. Or could you not find, like, a hot, or not hot, but, like, a six foot eight, like, a 19 year old who could actually, like, suspend somebody from their neck so you had to hire a stunt guy? Like, I what? think that was the problem. Right. But, like, then why uh, reveal the face? Because you don't see his face at all in the 2018 one. Also, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not that sorry. Um, I'm a psychology major. The fact that the psychology doctor just, like, refers to him as, like, the evil is, like, very... Uh, Loomis gave up. Loomis wrong is and out. bad. He, he, um, he tried to save him. I mean... Loomis would have but... killed him, like, if he had a chance. If he was maybe allowed to that's put a bullet why he looks head. like he's 38. Like, maybe he just had a shitty doctor... He, he tried. He tried all those those dozens of he, years. He tried six years and he spent eight years trying to keep him in, is what he said, right? Something it, like that. It's six, longer eight, than eight I and would. seven. I don't know. I think the second one was seven. And there were a lot of holes that I could poke in this if I really wanted to, uh, and I don't really. But I just feel like seeing that, like he just looks like an old tired man in like a mechanic suit with a knife. I was like, oh. What well, we there's think, your mystical evil. Right. What do we think about the person who, on camera, you don't really see her smoking. She's never done it before in her life. She survives it all, but, like, the pot smokers and the boners, like, they all get got. What do you guys think about that? I feel like that question was bait for me. <laughs> and I, I re- resent your implications, but I'm going to answer anyway. Well, so, it's the alley-oop off the backboard. Bosh tipping it ahead for LeBron. Three-on-one break. Here it comes. Oh, my. Elbow above the rim. And then way 
fans now anticipate that, Eric, after seeing him play for two and a half years. When LeBron gave it up, you knew he was getting it back for the lob. I'm the way LeBron. Immediately uh, when this movie started, I messaged my friend Anders, who was kind of watching along with me. And I said, oh, she's going to survive this because of her sexual purity, isn't she? (laughs) That's exactly why she made it, even though she was hard up for Ben. Right. You call Ben and tell him I didn't say that. She never consummated. Unlike that whore Judith. And that's the thing, right? You notice, like, even when she was smoking a pot in in the car... Carpenter cuts away every time she's in hell, she inhales. Oh, I, I don't think it's that. about the pot for the the curly haired girl. She's running around in her underwear. I think that's yeah. what it's about. And she like wants her boyfriend to you know come over. And it's the it's the there's an implication. I don't think it's about the pot. I think it's about I think it's about the sex. I it think is. he sees a woman in his underwear in her underwear, and he cannot handle it. No. Titties send him into such a rage. Mm. Both girl and boy titties that he like if the guy that Judith was upstairs with had come down without a shirt on, I'm pretty sure he also would have been murdered. I don't know if he's deeply triggered by the nipple for some reason. Maybe his mom couldn't breastfeed IDK something something clicks in his brain when he sees a nipple and he does a heckin murder. Can we talk about his Halloween costume, though, man, when he came upstairs and Linda was in the bedroom waiting on her beer? Can we talk about that? Because that's. That, to this day, every time it just takes me right out of the freaking movie. Well, did you get my beer? <laughs> cute, Bob. Real cute. I'm like, bro, why does he have his glasses and his he got on this sheet? Why, Michael? Why did you suddenly develop a sense of humor? I mean, like, he he had the well, tombstone he, he on the bed. He has a sense of drama. Yeah. He, he wanted I mean, to get the best, perkiest, juiciest scream he could get. He's a maniac. It doesn't mean he's not creative. <laughs> Listen, if they had just oh. given him some colored pencils when he was six, we would have the greatest artist of our time. But instead... I just like also at the beginning of the movie, the boyfriend was so fast that he got out before Michael killed his sister. Yo, that, he yo. was he was lightning. Yo, something else. Sometimes yeah, be that man. Man. <laughs> yo, 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 my man, my man hit that shit. He peace. Yo. Do you think she still would have gotten murdered if she had had a shirt on at the mirror? I don't think she would have. Probably not. Probably not. He saw them on the couch. He, this guy's damn like he. Some wild shit was happening. Yo, I don't know if I can say. I'm really, really thinking if if thing is better. Kellen, tell me on thing being better in Halloween. All right, look, Halloween. It's a great slasher film, like I said, but I mean, it's a pretty straightforward story. It's like, all right, you got a crazy person. He's going back to his hometown. He sees this girl. And he, he's like, oh, that's who I want to get. And then he just happens to catch some other bodies along the way. And then he fights the girl. The girl survives this amazing fall from the t- second floor to the bottom and still okay. And then she manages to live thanks to Dr. Loomis's timely, timely shots. It's a good story. Halloween drags, Joe. It drags. Oh, it drags real. so hard. 
It drags was, so hard. There's so much TV watching and popcorn popping and phone talking and Michael staring. And then there's the boogeyman. Oh, there's a boogeyman. No, their boogeyman's not there. It oh, come watch this. 10 kid. minutes taken out of it. Yeah, easily. The thing from the moment you see that spaceship, you could even take out the spaceship. If you jump into the thing and you miss the spaceship scene, you see this dog running. Immediately, like, why is the dog running? Like, what's this dog? What is this the thing? Like, is what I don't know what I'm getting into. And then you see gorgeous McCready step out, man. And then he's like, I'm McCready. I'm a pilot. And they're like, oh, you can't flop. No, it's from the moment that my man's playing chess and the game cheats. And he's like, He's like, uh, take that, you dirty bitch. Except he, the game doesn't cheat. He's just bad at it. And he, he still kills it. And I love it so much. I mean, McCready Pour gives no fucks. Pour your scotch in me, Kurt Russell. Double entendre. Just let it breathe. Don't, don't say nothing. Let it breathe. So anyway, back to the thing. You, well, you yeah, Cat was talking about the thing. You're right. I see where you guys are going. The suspense, I... tension, the not knowing what's going on, the jump scares, the effects, what they're able to pull off in 1982. It's just a better film overall, man. And at the end, leaving it wide open to the viewer's discretion. So many pe- so many film directors, man. Let me get on my high horse real quick. They're like, you know what we're going to do it then? We're going to not tell them the, how it's resolved. So then people can think about it for years about how this movie ends, and I'm so clever and everything. Everybody goes to that bag. But Carpenter went to that bag, and he did it absolutely right. And you can't disrespect that. I also just feel that maybe the Michael Myers character is more, like, iconic, you know? This is a Jamie Lee Curtis movie. She is trying so hard. She's acting her took us off, right? Uh Uh-huh. But she... As slightly nerdy teenager, but not so nerdy that she doesn't have any friends, but her friends don't have any development. Like, she can't carry this all by herself. So when the friends get murdered, I'm like, fucking good. Y'all were shitty babysitters and worse people. I didn't feel bad for them. I didn't (laughs) even really feel interested in them. I'm like, that's probably shitty to say, but like, I don't think we were supposed to. But I liked yeah. Lori and I felt bad for Lori. And so I knew from the jump Lori was going to be fine. Yeah, Not Lori. just because I saw the 2018 Halloween. But like even if you look at like what colors she wears versus her friends, it's pretty fucking obvious who's going to live. You don't even see skin other than her face. Like you don't even see her. Hey, like, man, I saw forearm. a lot of neckline when like towards the end. I saw a lot of neck. I was like, I see you, Jamie. Well, that's that's only because Michael has ruined her. Uh, yeah. with his with his grabby hands. Before that, she was unsullied by any man, unlike her whore friends. <laughs> like, and you don't even see forearm until the end of the movie. And that's, like, that's the Fucking thing. Horse. There's a part of me that's like, okay, like, this movie is kind of also super slut-shamey. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, it like, is problematic in that way. I made a joke a couple weeks ago, and I don't know if it actually made it into the pot or not. I don't remember. I can't wait to start in my crusade about how Michael Myers only goes for underage girls and how problematic that is. Thinking about it this time, I was like, oh, no, that was correct. Like, <laughs> he is going after underage girls who have had sex because he has this weird purity complex. Is Michael Myers the Catholic Church? The man... Is he the bizarro version of Jesus that, like, we are told that, like, if we don't obey, like, he will punish us? Is that, like, what's happening? 
I'm sure there's plenty of schools of thought out there that believe that idea. Yeah. To me, like, he doesn't kill without consequence, because if he did, he would have killed the kids. Right. He definitely yeah. definitely stayed away from the, the children, because uh, he was scarred as a child, so he doesn't want to scar a child. Right. But, like, so traumatizing them. his sister getting laid was enough for him to kill, by the end of this movie, seven people? Five. Five, Five yeah. yeah. Let me read this review real quick. Despite some unnecessary R-rated elements, this movie still provides frightening moments with more taste and subtlety. You rarely ever see any blood. You just think you do. Then it's imitators. Yeah. Nailed it. Either give me more blood or give me more. Like, I want a little bit more of a semantic breakdown on who Mike Myers is. Because why is he only killing Jamie Lee Curtis's friends who have had sex, but also Jamie Lee Curtis? Like... She is the reason that this movie doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, why does he want to kill her? Yeah. Unless he's just assuming. That's what I couldn't figure out either. And is like, he assuming because she's like an attractive young woman that maybe she be, has had sex? Or maybe it's because she looks like his sister. Is he just trying to like grab her by the, the wrists and like check her hymen to see if she's <laughs> packed? Like what is his goal here? Also, glory. uh ladies gentlemen that's not how vaginas work so like do some research virginity is a construct anyway go ahead you're good um, anyway it says wikipedia says high school virginity student Lori Strode drops off so is tom drops off a key at the still unoccupied and dilapidated myers home her father's trying to sell so apparently michael sees her at his old home is where it all started i didn't i don't remember seeing that part yeah, Maybe. no, he, yeah. he's heavy breathing through the door, and she drops the key, and the little kid is there, and that's why he starts stalking them. Uh, so, like, I guess it would be one thing if it was, like, oh, well, like, not the house. So, like, if he went for, like, Lori's family, like, not the house, and started, like, picking them off one by one, like, fine. Right. That would be one thing. Or if he sees the friends and being like, I'm going to call this boy tonight, and being like, oh, not the sex. But, like, the issue is it's, like, kind of both and that makes him seem muddled and no i'm not trying to say that a psycho killer needs to have principles here but like why not that was one of the reasons why i felt like halloween got off track over the years because there were so many different interpretations that tried to jump in after this and kind of figure out who michael myers was and they did a horrible job of it if i'm learning anything about john carpenter and listen i don't claim to be an expert i know i'm but a humble woman uh it's that like, he clearly has greater purpose to everything that he does, but, like, the slasher genre is not known for having a, a deeper meaning, necessarily. And, like... I mean, he created it. Like... And right. It, he, and I he don't think it, that he did a, a good enough job of, of putting it in there. But I think that's probably why he never makes this type of movie again. I would argue that The Thing is a fairly successful slasher horror, though. It's not a man with a knife. Yeah, but I it don't... is a high body count. Like, oh, it's a huge body count. Yeah, I don't consider it slasher though. Like the sla- like. What counts as a slasher though? You gotta, you gotta have that knife, yeah, man. It's, yeah, you gotta get your psycho one. Yeah, I would consider <laughs> slasher <laughs> film. It's just one being who's grotesquely murdering people, mm-hmm. seemingly with kind of no cause for or, no reason, other yeah. than just to scare the fuck out of everybody. Yeah, it's I consider it sci-fi horror, not slasher horror. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why he pivots away from that, and he gets away from the 
this one menacing guy. It's funny, in Halloween, is a, it's a guy with a blank face. And the thing, he's like, let's just take the guy out of it completely. Mm-hmm. Let's turn each other on to each other. And then this this mystical being, this COVID-like being, is going to take us all out eventually. And so let's let's create panic. Let's not trust each other. Let's threaten to kill one another. Like let's blow. Like yo, he blew that guy. Like he committed murder, which is really it's not funny, but it's like he blew this guy away when he didn't need to. He didn't need to kill the guy, or whatever. And that snuck up on him. So. I think Carpenter's really smart in that. And so it's funny, I gave I gave the thing four and a half and I gave Halloween five. And I can understand the argument for why the thing would be technically a better movie than Halloween. I just think he's got a weird fucked up purity complex and we're not fucking talking about it and I'm big mad. I also God, think you, you, you spent forty minutes talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean as a society. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to me you're just plain scared. Yes. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Am I wrong, though? Uh, hey, that's the thing about this podcast. Like, Cat says the wildest shit, but then the real question is, is Cat wrong? And was that not the the subplot of our uh, Breakfast Club episode? Oh, Basically. yeah. Basically. Cat says the darndest things, but is she wrong though? The funny thing is, when I asked the question to set Cat up, like, yes, it was the obvious pivot because <laughs> I was trying to set it up. Yes. But the thing is, if you can't talk about something intelligently, then it is going to kind of fall flat, like right there. So, what are you even doing? Yeah. And I mean, there's stuff like, there's things like, you know, there's things that people just can't expound upon. Some, and some answers are mega easy and simple to answer. Like, like asking if Halloween or the thing is the better. Like, for me, like, when I watch like Halloween, like, other than, you know, the stuff with the virgins and the drugs and stuff, like, that's not a movie that I'm really trying to break down in that kind of way. Like, I rated Halloween five stars. Oh, Be- I got kind of bored, so I had to break it down. So, so it yeah. definitely drug. I mean, I'll tell you, I fell asleep watching it. Like, I watched <laughs> it Saturday. I watched oh, it. I, oh, tell I just, me more about that high level of suspense. <laughs> well, I didn't say, I, didn't, I, I don't think I used the word suspense. I said that there was quietness and stillness to it. And he built, like, Carpenter builds up sort of this like when the kills are going to happen he kind of builds it up there but yeah i i fell asleep on it you know the funny thing about nerd culture like (laughs) what like i hate that people think that you have to subscribe to certain things to be like a part of what nerd culture is like like 
I definitely think there was a period where people were shaming people for not watching Game of Thrones. And then the funny thing is... I had to block a friend of mine after I shared your article about Game of Thrones because he just kept talking about how, like, not correct you were, but he was just, like, deliberately being an obtuse asshole about it. So I was like, listen, you were the roommate of a guy I almost dated a few years ago, and you're an (laughs) asshole, so goodbye! Like You don't need to have this interaction. Good move by you. and And that's the thing, too, like, I'm really not about engaging people for bad faith conversations like because if anything the, like if you if he read I don't, I don't know this person even read what i wrote or whatever but you can contact me or comment directly on my blog why would you go to someone else her who isn't even the writer of it like like why would you harass them and then not just talk to me the writer because he wanted to talk to the girl i didn't want to talk to you mark God. I think it might also have to do with the fact that he might have been, and by might have been, I mean I kind of realized he was a little racist. Who? I mean, fuck that guy. Yep, we're not even going to imitate him anymore. <laughs> like he, yeah. He had nipple triggers. <laughs> I mean, he's scared of brown nipples, Callan. I mean, <laughs> a lot of America's scared of brown nipples, Callan. Brown nipples matter, man. Shit is crazy, man. Nah, man. That's uh, like people like the gatekeeper shit. That cat is definitely, definitely vocal about. Like I am too. Like if you disagree with something I say, okay. Like well, one, you don't necessarily need to tell me that because if you're not someone whose opinion I trust, I probably don't want to hear about it anyway. And then to be kind of like rude about it just to be an asshole, like that doesn't really further anything at all. In the game five, after the game ended, I tweeted, Kellen, that LeBron made the right play by passing to Danny Green. Yeah. And the tweet was something along the lines of Danny Green was wide open. He's been a guy who's been in four finals already. On the night, he was shooting 50% from three. Why would that not be the right play, even though he missed it? Everything leading up to that moment tells you that that is a smart play. And then some guy that follows me, who I legitimately met this guy like once, like he replied, yeah, but some people aren't built for that moment. Why do you think he was left open? Bro, like... That's like, like that shit doesn't even make sense. Like some people aren't built for the moment. Well, he's getting paid millions of dollars to play in the NBA Finals. Like he's obviously in the moment. So just don't like don't make a straw man argument. And the straw man argument be dumb anyway. <laughs> like he's 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 not built for the moment, bro. He he has two championship rings, being a three and D guy. That's the reason why he's in LA. Like he is built for that moment. Yeah, but like no, bro. Like you just want like you just want to prove to me or to yourself how right you are by saying something dumb. Like this, I I don't understand people that kind of engage in that kind of way anymore. Like like this like the Skip Bayless take it to it effect has ruined discourse. Like discourse in America is just really in a strange place right now. Where like <laughs> a strange place is ruined been like, room for a long ass time that's why i appreciate this podcast because even because even me saying i think halloween's five stars and then you guys see things that i can't see or maybe i did see and maybe i just didn't really want to admit it 
like having like conversations with people's opinion who you trust you can enlighten them to other shit like it's just not no marcus you're dumb like because the john carpenter he's so terrible like no like this is what i saw in the movie i think maybe x y and z isn't as good as maybe it appears to be upon further actual scrutiny right discourse in america is just in a really terrible place right now man it's really bad couldn't agree more I agree, and I also think that that's a, one of the cool things that we do here is, like, because at the end of the day, right, like, these are movies. Yeah. Right. We have opinions about them, and sometimes our agreement or disagreement is what makes the podcast interesting, but, like, these are movies. A lot of the things that people fight tooth and nail about on the internet are not movies or sports or whatever. They are, like, how much of of a person people are. Yeah. And that's fucked. So, like, I'm really glad that there's at least one little spot on the internet where we can talk about things that don't matter and educate each other about things that don't matter and do it in a way that hopefully can model some good behavior for when we do talk about things that matter. I call my podcast a safe space for that very reason. So I get it. Follow Kat at Kat underscore Chinetti on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Follow Marcus at Showin' Mad Love. S-H-O-W-I-N-M-A-D-L-O-V on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the show on Twitter at Cat and Mark. And join our We Should Do This Again Sometime Facebook group. Read us at catseesmovies.tumblr.com and the Mark Rob. T-H-E-M-A-R-C-R-O-B dot WordPress dot com. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenlee. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime. This is a hyphen podcast production.